Whew, wasn't that amazing? And I, I could like really just sit in worship forever, but you know, I, I, gotta, I gotta talk for a little bit. So welcome to the final session of Encounter Weekend. Yeah. Woo! You know, our youth kids have been learning so much this weekend. You know, on, on Friday night, we engaged with this idea of surrendering over to love. And it was really awesome and really incredible as guest speaker Josh came and spoke on that. You know, and then Saturday, we did a couple breakouts. The kids learned what it meant that your mistakes doesn't affect your destiny. They got to learn what it meant to let go. Then on Saturday night, we had a guest speaker, Chet Kennedy, come in and talk about what it meant to release your armor. And man, it was, it was so good. And I'm really excited because God's not done yet <laughs> this morning. He's not done. And, you know, these past couple weeks, as I've been preparing this message, I really pondered, okay, God, what do you want me to speak on as we engage in this word surrender? <laughs> now, I want the whole church to do that, you know, not just the youth. <laughs> and, you know, I, I debated maybe surrender to love, surrender to hope, surrender to freedom. But I came down to just talking about that word. And I want to give it a definition. So surrender means to hand myself over to a person or ideal. And I really want us to let that form how we move forward. But, you know, before we get into scripture and before we get into all that good stuff, I want to tell a little story that will kind of frame this next verse that we're going into. So when I was little, like in grade three or four, you know, who here in like the youth remembers like recess? Everybody remember recess? Recess was fun, right? Yeah. I remember for a little while, recess wasn't fun. Did that ever happen to anyone where recess wasn't fun anymore? See, I remember it was like winter. And I had a friend, and how do I put this nicely? He was bossy, to put it. <laughs> And maybe a little dictator-ish. <laughs> and uh, I remember, you know, it, there was a lot of snow, and, and he started building a snow fort. You know, and we're in grade three, and he's building a snow fort. And, you know, he looks at me, and he says, Spencer, you're helping me. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just started helping him, you know. And about a week went by, and he had every kid from kindergarten to grade six helping him build the snow fort. Not because they wanted to but because he was just kind of bossy and intimidating for some reason. But he intimidated a grade sixer, which was pretty impressive. <laughs> but at, and at that time, I remember coming home every day being like, I hate doing this. Why do I keep building this stupid fort? But I, I kept going back and back to it, even though I hated every part of it. And that brings us to this verse in Romans 6, 12 through 14. Sin is a dethroned monarch, so you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool of wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him. Because you now experience resurrection life. You live now for his noble purpose. Remember this, sin will not conquer you, for you, God already has. You are now governed by a law. 
not governed by the reign of the grace, and you're governed by the reign of the grace of God. So this is, this is the thing is that like when we're talking about surrender, we get this idea behind it. You know, when you think of that word, we often go to this idea of a battlefield, right? Being overcome by your enemy and, and waving that white flag as a, I give up. Right? But that's not what God is talking here. But we, you know, we, we often like want to believe that we're doing what's best for ourselves and working with God. But we're, when we're in this life and in this path of surrendering over to him, we often keep going back to the thing that's not good for us. See, every day in recess, I went back to working for this, this kid <laughs> that I didn't like and I didn't want to do, but I kept going back for it for some reason. You know, it says earlier in this passage that sin is a dethroned monarch, so a dethroned king. You know, when we're talking about surrendering, particular in surrendering over to Jesus, we're trying to get away from that dethroned king. But we often go back to it time and time again because we really believe that we need to try to overcome, you know, overcome sin, overcome shame in our lives. You know, there's this, this thing, thing that like really is a big struggle for us, you know, is that we see that there's Jesus on this side. We see that Jesus is there and that he's calling us to surrender to him. He's calling us to give over to his ideals, to his purposes. But then we have this dethroned king on this other side. And it's so easy to go back to him because in the end of the day, it's easy, right? Because it's easy to remain hateful. It's easy to remain in lust. It's easy to remain in anger. It's easy to remain in the feeling of, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy. It's easy to remain in these things. It's easy to remain under a dethroned monarch. And when we consistently try to overcome it, we get pulled back. Because we forget something. We forget this beautiful truth. See, it's not, it's not, when we're talking about surrendering, it's not about overcoming the enemy. It's not about overcoming this dethroned king. But what it's really about, and I want us to keep this in mind as I continue on my pass on my sermon today, it's resting in this truth of our purchased freedom. We are constantly trying to overcome something that we don't need to overcome. Because here's the thing about this, is that we keep going back to this dethroned king, but we forget something. He's dethroned. He has no power over you. He, is not, he does not have the ability or the choice to be king anymore. That kingdom, that thing that he's trying to remain a rulership over, he doesn't have the right to. See, in this passage, you know, it says this, sin cannot, will not conquer you. 
For God already has. You're not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. Wasn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? It's this idea that we no longer have to sit in our sin. We no longer have to sit in the things that bring us shame, the thing that bring us, the things that we are like, that hold over us. And trust me, I, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to believe that I'm unworthy. I know what it's like to believe and I'm, I'm unlovable, to think that there's no way out. But we're going to get to that a little later. See, and I just want to continue. So we know this beautiful fact that we, we aren't governed by sin anymore. We have freedom. We can rest in that freedom. So now how do we move forward? So we know that that sin, that king, doesn't have the ability or the right to remain our king. Now, how does that change how we live? See, in Romans 6, 17 through 23, it says this, And thanks be to God, for in the past you were servants of sin, but now your obedience is heart... Oh, no, sorry, wrong passage. (laughs) What are we to do then? Should we sin to our heart's content, since there's no law to condemn us anymore? What a terrible, terrible thought. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become servants bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master, and it will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, he will lead you into perfect righteousness. See, here's the beautiful part. You know, we can rest in the fact that we ha- our freedom has been purchased But what that freedom does is it gives us choice. Before, we didn't have choice. You know, we were slaves to sin. Sin had ownership over us. You know, and then this amazing person, Jesus, comes along, and he frees us from that slavery. Now, can you imagine this, being freed from slavery and deciding to go back with your old master? But we do that time and time again. You know, how often do I slip back into hatred? How often do I slip back into lust? How often do I slip back into a feeling of unworthiness? But if I choose Jesus, if I choose this guy that freed me, He's going to lead me to something amazing because I know that if I continue in my hatred, if I continue in my addiction, if I continue in my lust, there is only one outcome to that. And that outcome is death. See, but Jesus is offering something different. I'm going to tell a story that I I hadn't planned on telling, but (laughs) God's leading me somewhere. You see, I I, I remember when I was your guys' age, I struggled with these things. You know, I struggled with unlovableness. I struggled with hatred. I struggled with lust. I struggled with, you know, my own addictions. And it kept building up. And it really felt like my only escape was death. A death that 
I was willing to bring upon myself. You know, I, I really did think about like ending it. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I remember calling out to Jesus in my moment of disparity, in my moment of destruction, and ask God, prove that you're here. And here's the beautiful thing, he did. You know, in a moment of weakness, I asked God, prove yourself to me. You know, then I got a text from a friend. Sometimes technology is good. <laughs> and that text was, have I ever told you that I love you? Ooh, that's not a God answering something. I didn't know what it is. <laughs> and, and, and then I entered into this beautiful relationship with God, which is what, Ro what Romans 6, 17 continues to talk about. And thanks be to God, in the past you were servants of sin, but now your obedience is heart deep and your life is being molded by truth through teaching you were devoted to and now celebrate your freedom from your former master, sin. You've left its bondage and now God's perfect righteousness holds power over you as sins, as his loving servants. We've used the terms servant and master to compensate for your weakness to understand for just as you surrendered your bodies to souls of impurity and lawlessness, which only brought more lawlessness into your lives. So now surrender yourselves as servants of righteousness, which brings you into deeper and true holiness. See, and as I began to study and build this message, and as I began to say the word surrender, I began to do some word studies, which is like looking at the word and how it translates into different languages. And I got brought to the, to the Aramaic, and the word surrender is really interesting in that word, because it's so linked to another word, which gives surrender a whole different meaning, which is the word peace. So we can actually look at surrender as meaning Finding inner peace. Oh, that changes things. Right? Because when we think of the word surrender, when we think of that battlefield, peace is often low on the list of a word that we think of when we think about giving ourselves up. But that's what God is engaging in us, is this idea of peace. So in, in Romans 6, 20 through 23, it says this, For when you were bound as servants to sin, you lived your lives free from any obligation to righteousness. So tell me, what benefit ensured from doing those things that you're so now ashamed of? It left you with nothing but a legacy of shame and death. But now as God's servants, you now enjoy, you are brought deeper into the experience of true holiness, which ends with eternal life. For sin's meager wages is death, but God's lavish gift is life eternal found in your union with the Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So here's the thing that, that we are getting to. Is that we still have, you know, I can now believe that God's going to give me peace, but how do I get there? That's a little harder. Because I, I, I can move forward to Jesus, but I'm still dragging my shame. 
I'm still dragging my sin. That self-hatred is still nipping in my ears. So how do we move forward? How do we get to what we need to be? See, in Romans 5, 10 through 11, it says this. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we can boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received peace. See, and peace has such a deeper meaning than just to not have conflict, which is what we often think when we think of the word peace, is to not have enemies, to not be surrounded by the things, but it actually has a deeper meaning than that. See, peace, especially in the Greek, uh, means this, to reconcile what has been once torn apart. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Now I understand where God's taking me. Because, you know, in the beginning of creation, God created us to be with him. We were created to be his children. And then we chose something. You know, I chose to sin. That is my choice. Not the world's fault. Not God's. Not Jesus. Not the enemy's. That was my choice. I chose to separate myself from God. But here is the beautiful part about this is that God is willing to reconcile with us. God is willing to bring us back together with him. So when we're talking about finding peace, we're talking about reconciliation in every area of our lives. We're talking about to find peace within myself. How do I get over my self-hatred? How do I get over my shame? How do I get over that? Okay, that's, that's going to take a while. Okay, how do, I get, how do I find inner peace with others? How do I reconcile that I've hurt people? How do I reconcile that I've been hurt by other people? How do I reconcile that? And then finding peace with God. Well, that's, that's also a big one. <laughs> but here's the beautiful part is that God is willing to do that. You know, God demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners. He sent his son to die for us. This is the beautiful part about this is that I can't find peace without Jesus. I can't find peace without him. Because you know, in, in John it says, I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecutions, but take courage, for I have conquered the world. See, I can't find peace without Jesus. I am lost without him. I have a little demonstration that I think will show this a little bit. Hey, Isaac, can you come up on stage? <laughs> Bring in a youth kid. Volunteer. Forced. Give him, a, give him applause. I want you to grab that. Grab that end. It's a beautiful rope. Basically. So here's, here's the beautiful thing, you know. You know, Isaac, Isaac has shame. Isaac has things in his life that he's struggling with. And he wants to overcome me. And, and I am that shame. I am that sin. So try to pull me, Isaac. 
There, try to pull me. He's going to have trouble, right? He can't overcome me alone. Greg. He can't do this by himself because this is shame. This is sin. This is destruction. It creates chaos in our lives that we can't beat. But then Jesus comes, and I'm just giving up. Because here's the beautiful part of this is that when we invite Jesus in, we get a rest in our purchase freedom. We no longer need to tr- we, we no longer need to do it alone. Jesus comes in and he creates something better. But Sometimes it doesn't always feel that way, right? You know, we're saying, I have Jesus. You know, I, I, I have him in my life and I know that. But the shame still comes. That hatred, that loathing, that addiction, that lust still comes. And I've brought it to Jesus, right? I've brought him my garbage. I've said, hey, Jesus, take my garbage here, fix it. And we think that works. Time and time again, have I remembered bringing Jesus my garbage, my shame and saying, fix it, only to leave and have it follow me. You know, earlier I, I, I told that story of me in my darkest moment, me in my deepest despair, and then Jesus reaching out to me. In that moment, I gave him my shame, I gave him my sin, and then I walked away only to find that six months later I was in the same spot I was before. Debating, ending it. And I'm going, what what did I do wrong? Jesus, did I not give this over to you? See, but here's this thing. There's this one passage of scripture that I believe I get wrong, I got wrong consistently in my life. Which is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, born, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And I know, Ben, I told you to come up here, but just wait a little bit. <laughs> Learn the unforced rhythms of grace, and I won't need anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep come with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, for a long time in my life, I believed that that meant that I could drop my garbage at Jesus' throne, that I could bring it to the cross and say, here, Jesus, here's my shame. Here's my things that I hate most about myself. Here's my sin. I drop it at the cross, and now we're good, right? Now I can walk away and find surrender and find freedom and find hope. But that's not how it works. You know, as I, you know, read this passage, I actually got brought to, to this thing that happened with my son recently. So I have a 10-month-old, and, and he just started to learn how to crawl recently, which was a very fun experience. And um, I remember while he was learning, you know, he, he was taking his first, like, couple, like, crawling steps. And I remember he fell over, and he hit his head on, you know, the hardwood. And then he started to wail, just, just wailing, like, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. 
You know, so of course I went to him and I comforted him. And, you know, he found a sense of peace in that, a sense of calmness. But then did I say, okay, we're good now, son. You, you, now you don't have to learn how to crawl. Did I say that? Does that make sense? No, what I did is after he, after he finished crying, I put him back on the mat and I took a couple steps back. And I said, come on, Hugo, let's go. Come to me. And I would show him how to do it. See, here's the thing, is that in this passage in Matthew, we, we are doing half of the work and expecting the full blessing. See, I'm doing half of the work. I'm giving Jesus my garbage. I'm laying it at his feet, laying my burdens down. I'm coming to him. But then I walk away. But that's not what that says, right? Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Then I won't let anything heavier or fitting on you. See, when I first gave Jesus my shame and my burdens and the things that I wanted to give up, I then walked away. And then that shame and those burdens began to follow me again because I was walking alone because I was trying to overcome it alone. Because even though I knew that I had freedom in Jesus, I wasn't resting in his freedom. I wasn't resting in Jesus. I was believing that I could just drop out at his feet and then continue on with my life. And that's not how we do it. That's not how Jesus does it. If I can invite the band up now. See, Jesus is requiring something different of us. See, if we truly want to surrender, come on, everyone, if we truly want to surrender, then we need to enter into a true relationship with him. It's not about, we can't just come to Jesus when we're feeling shame, when we're feeling sin, when I'm feeling regret, and saying, here's my garbage, Jesus, take it. No, see, what Jesus is asking for us is to engage with him consistently. See, if my son just came to me when he was crying and didn't choose to learn from me, he would not be prepared to go off into the world, even though he's only 10 months. <laughs> but you know with me, if I didn't decide to choose him how to say words, consistently repeated them, he wasn't going to learn. You know, if I didn't keep saying, mom, 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 then he wouldn't have learned to say the word mom, which now he says constantly. <laughs> See, when we enter relationship with Jesus, it's about learning from him. It's not just about giving him our garbage or our shame. It's about entering into relationship. But yeah, bringing the things that... We struggle with that's part of it. But it's only part. And here's the most beautiful thing about this, guys. Is that in our shame and sin, there's someone that loves us deeply. Someone who loves us radically. 
someone who loves us so much that it often doesn't make sense. See, Jesus, this guy that died on the cross for us, this guy that came forth and said, hey, you're worth it. Even though the world and everything else around me is saying, no, I'm not. Even though I consistently fall back under that dethroned king, even though I consistently fall back into hatred, into shame, into self-loathing, into addiction, into lust, into lying, stealing, Jesus is still reaching out and his arms open and saying, it's okay. I'm just, answering, I'm just asking you to come work with me. Come learn to take the first step of what it means to surrender. And you know, these students have already done the first step this weekend, which is this. And I want to engage with all of you. You know, at, on the tables in front of you, there's, there's sticky notes. And there's pens on your seats in front of you. We also have thumbtacks here. So as we come to a close in this message, as we come to a close on this encounter weekend, it's time to take a first step of surrendering over to Jesus. So if there's something you need to give up to him, if there's something that you need to give away, something in your past, something in your, in your shame, in your regret, write it down on the note and bring it forth and tack it to that cross. And then God's gonna start something new in you. So I ch my big challenge for you guys today is, yeah, is to tack your, tack your shame onto that cross, tack your things you wanna give up, the things you wanna surrender over to. But don't run from Jesus. Rest in him. See, I find hope, I find peace, I find love, knowing that I can rest in my purchase freedom. Because Jesus, because God sent his son to die for me, even though I can go back to my dethroned, that dethroned king, Jesus is still saying, it's okay. I'm still offering you a way back to me where I will teach you ways to overcome that dethroned king, where I will teach you ways to better yourself, where I will teach you things that will give you the ability to overcome sin. To give you the gift of eternal life, not death. Sin leads to death, but Jesus leads to life. Jesus leads to hope, to love, to peace, to grace, to freedom. So I just encourage us to surrender over to those things. So dear God, as we come to a close this message, as we come to a close to this encounter, we can continue to encounter with us, God. Continue to tug on our heartstrings, continue to work in us as we surrender over to you. Because I'm willing to surrender it all, to give it all over to you, God. Because I no longer want to keep going back to my shame, to keep going back to my garbage. No, God, I want to work with you. I want to learn from you. I want to learn what it means to take my first step 
in overcoming these things, in resting in you, God. And it, just pray, God, as we sing this next song, that these students here would be the first example of how we do this, of how we surrender to you, of how we give it all to you, God. So as we just sing, I surrender it all, let's just work on that, God. In your holy name I pray, amen.